Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham, and my illustrious, luscious co-host, Jeremy Greco. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I threw you off there, didn't I? He did. I, I, I was ready to launch into a spiel. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna zing you so good. I was gonna talk about how the Royals didn't draft any Jacobs, but they did draft three Blakes. So obviously, they have no idea who you are. No. Uh, no, they don't. But they might as well just draft the Chads. I'm. It just. I can't even talk at, at all anymore. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you some extra time to uh, to think about those zingers there, Thank Jeremy. You. I appreciate that. Because you know that the draft has come and gone, but you can see a wide range of reactions from the Royals Review writers over at RoyalsReview.com. You can also find those links and see even more reaction on Twitter and on Facebook from the crew over there. Some really, really good stuff. And then plus, I, you know what? I did the listeners a disservice last week, Jeremy. I, I really did. You? I, yes, a disservice? I did. I know, right? To the it listeners? Was, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I, I failed to read the two Q&A responses that we got on two Gosh, of our episodes. It, Jacob. I know. I know. What is well, this podcast without our listeners? It's li- literally nothing. Like that's not a figure. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. It is the it is the epitome of shouting into the void at that. Point. Don't don't worry, everyone. I will punish him appropriately later. Yes, please do that off air. I do not want them to hear the screams. That would not be very um, becoming. Of hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, we are going back a few days um, to our episode title, you know, after John Sherman spoke and uh, our Mm -hmm. reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Um, The only response that we got on that, you'll like this one, Jeremy, from Royal Rupert saying his favorite part of the episode was Jeremy hammering Sherman. Literally, that's all he said. (laughs) I I do. I do like that. You're, You're welcome. Thank you. And good night. Uh, but no, I'm still here though, so don't don't leave. Yeah. Please, well, please don't you leave? Goodness gracious! Uh, and then another question that we asked on the following episode was, "What did you think about the return for Aroldis Chapman?" Because that was another very polarizing thing among the Royals fan base, if you will. Um, Ginger, who has responded on other Q and A's before, said it's about what we could expect for a rental pitcher, a potential back end starter, and a lottery ticket with tons of potential for three months of a reliever. Sounds about fair. And you know yep. what, Ginger, I think uh, I think that take is aging very well. If you do ask me, I think uh, very much kind of in kind of in agreement there. I, I don't want to speak for you, Jeremy, but I'm still feeling the same way about the yeah, chapter, right? uh, pretty much. I just, I have a lot of conflicted feelings about Cole Reagans right now. Okay. I've been playing, I finally bit the bullet and I bought MLB The Show. And I've been playing it, the, the, this year's version. And first of all, I can't recommend anyone buy it because it is Dang. a microtransaction hellhole. Oh, uh, man. But every time I face the Rangers, Cole Reagans pitches. Just every time. <laughs> Uh, no matter what mode I'm playing in, no matter it's just Cole Reagans is going to pitch. It's going to happen, guaranteed. It's very weird. And how and how does he do against you, Jeremy? Uh, it depends on the difficulty settings. I have <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I've discovered that if I set the difficulty settings very low, even the Royals can compete 
for a playoff spot. Woo-hoo. I love it. Barely. Oh, as I, long I as they're in the AL Central, they can, <laughs> they can compete for a playoff spot on easy. Yes. Okay, you know what? I will I'll take that beggars can't be choosers at this point, Jeremy. <laughs> not gonna not gonna try to uh dissect those hairs at all. Oh man. Well listen, Jeremy, let, let's go ahead and get things out out in the open there. Um the, the draft is over. It was a lot of different feelings on my end. I will say that. My feelings have evolved and kind of filtered together, if you will, from day one draft night to now. If sure. if I can put you on the spot real fast, I wanna I wanna get your I want to I'm wondering like what your initial reaction was to like Blake Mitchell being drafted and seeing the the ripple effect that it had on Royals social media. So as you know, I'm not a prospect hound. I'm certainly not a draft prospect hound. I do not have time to go digging into all of these guys at like just super deep levels like some of our guys like uh Greg uh, our frequent co-host does uh, like Preston Farr at Royals Review, like Royals Farm Report over on Twitter and, and others. Um, so if you if you you want an informed opinion, you know you got to go to those guys. But me, I listened to those guys and and uh, based on what I was hearing from them before the draft, I was not happy. Um, the other thing I saw was pretty quickly. Uh, I think it was David Schoenfield over at ESPN. I want to say I I, I couldn't. I, I think that's wrong. where he is now. Yeah, he uh, he said that uh, the the Blake. I, I remember his first name is Blake. I've completely Mitchell. <laughs> Blake Mitchell. Blake Mitchell uh, pick was his least favorite pick of the first round, yeah. which is you know not a great sign. But um, you know the the well we'll we'll get into the rest of it later but my initial reaction was was not positive yeah i i do agree (laughs) with that and speaking of our frequent co-host greg walker if you want you know draft is over now if you want literally a breakdown on every single prospect that the royals drafted this year please go check out greg's article and it's it's not like he wrote a paragraph on each of these guys he wrote an encyclopedia on all 21 draft picks you are not going to find a more comprehensive guide to the royals draft than greg's work greg is doing amazing stuff i'm just i read over it today so i'm much more informed now than i was before the draft (laughs) i really appreciate his hard work so i just want to make sure that we we extra shout him out even though he can't be here tonight with us yeah no doubt because i'm so i'm still scrolling through it because i have not gotten through all of it like it It is is it is a lot I'm probably I'm probably underestimating at like 3000 words. Oh yeah. here in total because he's got like you said three paragraphs at least over every single prospect that they drafted. So that is, you know, kudos to Greg there. I know he had to grind that one out. And I know after a while. I, you can tell the research he was doing cuz there was one guy um <laughs> Uh, was listed as a catcher, but had only played infield. And he's like, I searched everywhere for video, for anything I could. I have no idea what this guy is like as a catcher. But as a middle <laughs> infielder, he does this. He's just like, he is He is digging deep to find mm-hmm. all the information he can 
to 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 make sure that Royals fans know as much as possible about these guys, most of whom they will never hear about again. <laughs> that you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. And we do we do have some other transaction stuff to update y'all about later on, including <laughs> one of the uh I guess one of the overslot guys that they drafted. We do have an update on him. Um, so Jeremy, I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you on the initial reaction to seeing Blake Mitchell go. It was it wasn't surprising, I guess. Like we've we've seen Blake Mitchell being linked to the Royals so much mm-hmm. during this pre-draft process, and it was it felt like a like a smokescreen, honestly. When I was seeing that, I was like, okay, no, they're they're going to go in another direction. They're going to you're, you're thinking of the team across the street. Smoke, <laughs> most screens are their deal. You know, that's that's true. That's true. They throw every sort of screen. I'm sure that they have like a <laughs> like a like a mesquite smokes like they have different like flavors of barbecue smoke screen, <laughs> mesquite, apple, cedar, things like that. But um, it, and especially with Kyle Teal still on the board, because it was I wouldn't call it a consensus because I do know there were some people who were not impressed with Kyle Teal in the pre-draft process, but it seemed like the majority of Royals fans were gunning for Kyle Teal. And they went with a catcher. It was just a high school catcher who it's a very volatile position. And you've, you've already heard all of all the arguments about that. And frankly, they're fair. I, I think they're fair because it is looking back at the, at the track record. There's not a whole lot but the track record is not great for these high school catchers drafted in the first round. Now, you know what? Maybe the Royals are going to throw us a curveball and try to turn him into a pitcher. You know, he's got a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, after all. Might as well uh, try to leverage that, I guess, if they want. But, no, it was – I just was not feeling good about it at all. And I sat down to write a little article about, like, this is who they drafted and this is who he is and things like that. And I, I ain't going to lie to you. I tuned out the rest of the night. I was just like, you know what? I don't, this is just not, it just did not set a great tone for the draft. And I think that's what a lot of people are recovering from for a lack of better terms. So I do, I do want to give our, our guy Preston far a, yeah. A shout out here because he had a heading in his article today you know, talking about the narrative around this draft. And the heading read very simply and put, put it very well. The Royals needed to add ceiling to their farm mm-hmm. system, and they have. And Jeremy, I'll I'll get your thoughts, you know, as we're sitting here today on the overall draft. And I think that's I think that's right. And at the at the end of the day, I feel like the Royals front office drafted like their jobs depend on it. <laughs> I do. I do. Because like if these if these picks don't work out, they're gone. Like that's that's it. You got about two, you got about two or three years and you're either going to have some some great production in the pipeline or that it's going to fall flat on the face and you move on and you uh, you find something else. And I will say, Jeremy, please cut me off after this, but <laughs> it's, it is unfair 
to draft the or to excuse me to judge this draft class off of some rankings i yeah. i feel like it is we haven't seen any of them in in a in the farm system yet so i think that's something that fans need to consider and remember so I also read Preston's article, and and in a lot of ways, it did make me feel better about this draft um, because he, he rightly points out that, yeah, there's a higher percentage of high school guys who don't make it to the big leagues, but the ones who do are very good. And so what the Royals did here is go with a high-risk, high-reward kind of move. Uh, and, and I think that that makes sense because uh, as he points out and as i think we've all kind of talked about at various points the royals farm system as it stands isn't empty but it is devoid of star talent there there's nobody in the minor league system that you're like oh that guy could be a star. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still not anybody in there that you're going, that guy will be a star. But there was nobody before the draft that you, you said, this guy could be a star. I mean, you're looking around at Michael Garcia and saying he might be the top prospect. Michael Garcia, uh, for a lot of people, projects as a utility infielder. Now, right now, he's playing very well. And I hope he continues to, and I'm excited for his future. But he is not a superstar. He is a, a starter. Perhaps. I, I think that's kind of his ceiling is as a starting infielder, not a superstar yeah. infielder. And so that that makes a lot of sense. Now, where I am still concerned is when I look at Blake Mitchell and I look at what everybody has to say about him, I see that the hit tool isn't there. He's got the power, but he he has some swing and miss in his game. And I'm just a little bit concerned (laughs) about a high school player with swing and miss in his in his his biography. Yeah, maybe I watched uh, Trouble with the Curve too many times. (laughs) I watched it once. That was too many times. But uh, a high school player who has who has trouble making contact really, really concerns me. Um, But. Maybe the Royals think, hey, Drew Saylor, all these guys around here, uh, they they can fix this. They can get him going. I, they think they did it with MJ Melendez. They think yeah. they did it with Nick Prado. Those guys have kind of backslid a bit. But also, like, sophomore slumps. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's – Give them a chance. You know, a lot. I think a lot of people were looking for, you know, the Royals aren't good at development. I know that I've had this thought. The Royals aren't good at development. They should get guys who are as developed as possible. You know, just mm-hmm. get guys who are almost ready and they don't have to do much to. And, and like, like I said, I felt that way. So I understand that argument. <laughs> but they kind of tried that with 2018. Like when they drafted Brady Singer, everyone said, this guy is almost major league ready. Is he going to be a star? I don't know, but he's almost major league ready. Look how that's turned out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then they took a bunch of other college pitchers who were supposed to be, you know, much more likely to make it to the big leagues and to succeed. And that look at how that's worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. Uh, it has not really worked out very well for the so, Royals. So what we're asking for the Royals to do is something different. Do something different. 
and and they did and mm-hmm. one more thing i want to point out and then you should probably cut me off uh <laughs> is is that uh matthew lamar wrote an excellent article he's a, a, I tout him all the time wrote an excellent article talking about how this Royals draft in a lot of ways looks the same to him as the Dayton Moore drafts. And, and one of the guys he points out is when the Royals, uh, he, t- he wrote about the the draft that brought us Frank Mazzucato and how the Royals, you know, kind of bucked the trend and said, no, we're not going to do what everyone else says we should do. We're going to pick this guy. And he, he says, you know, this is a team that hasn't proved that it's smart enough to pull this off. And he's right. However, Frank Mazzucato looks like one of the best pitching prospects in the system right now. Yep, exactly. They they might be right about that one. Yeah. And so what if, I think, as you said, they're they're guys drafting for their jobs right now. What if they were drafting scared before? What if they were like, oh, we got to take the safe guy. We got to take the Brady Singer. Uh, and, And what they really should have been going for was swing for the fences. Let's see if we can if we can accomplish something here and, mm-hmm. and now they've got nothing to lose. Cause if they draft safe, well, that's not going to, that's not going to be good enough. So they got to draft dangerous. And, and, you know, it was, uh, like I said, I'm a little concerned about Blake Mitchell's hit tool, but the idea of swinging for the fences in the draft and saying, screw it, our system sucks. Let's see if we can get a couple <laughs> stars in here. I mean, what that's been my biggest complaint about their development is they don't have any, stars and you haven't cut me off yet so i'm still going they don't have yep, any stars going, going. even bobby witt so, yeah. the, so the idea of going for stars that i like that okay yeah and i i fully agree because i've you know i've made my opinions known about the talent that is readily available at triple a omaha it is a whole bunch of quadruple a guys it is a whole bunch of organizational depth and you know what it seems like that is what the royals have been drafting for in in recent years and that is that is frustrating and that is i you know what i you know me i kind of like to sugarcoat some of my opinions but i think that that should be unacceptable as as a fan you have to you have to try and go outside of your comfort zone every now and then the the royals talk about oh we can't compete in free agency we've got to compete by drafting and developing well, if you're going to compete by drafting and developing, you got to take some chances. You got to go out there and you got to get somebody who can make a difference because you're not getting somebody who can make a difference in free agency. Right. right. Yeah, that's absolutely also, true. I am very excited for their, I think he was the competitive round B, competitive balance round B pick hero. I can't remember his last name, but I'm very excited for him because if he makes it to the big leagues, so many puns. Oh, yeah. So many puns. Yes. And I will. So out there, we're, we're just plugging away on this podcast, man, because there's a there's a Facebook group out there. It's like titled the the official Kansas City Royals Facebook fan group or something like that. And I <laughs> I love I official would, Facebook, the, the official, the official, the <laughs> officialist official as as you can be. And so one, I do want to point this out when they drafted Hero, that was their second right-handed high school pitcher that they drafted in the top 100 so that's um very very risky in its own second riskiest demographic after uh prep catchers i believe yes that they are but man i went and looked up some game film on hero and it is just it's it's unfair 
even even against yeah. like yeah he was it was in one of the national showcases and they had the the camera right behind home plate and there was no cuts or nothing like that he went he threw a four seam fastball that had probably about like half a foot or a foot i i'm i'm not a great judge on the distance sure. there was a good noticeable break in towards the pitcher swing and swing and miss towards the batter i mean then the very next pitch. Break towards the pitcher is a very weird pitch. Yes, it is. They call it the the boomerang. <laughs> um, very next pitch, he comes back with the two seam, I believe it is, and it just curls away from the batter, and it's another swing and miss. And both of them were at 95 miles an hour, and I think the other one was 97. Like, he and, is very good. Very good. I love it. If I'm correct, I believe that uh, Greg highlighted that he has good tunneling and he has good uh, spin rates on his pitches. Mm-hmm. And whew, those are those are words that uh, I may not know much about prospects, but I know that prospect guys like those words. Yes. So when those they good. use those words, it's a good thing. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm. I'm excited for that guy. I don't I'm like, I'll skip right over Blake Walters. I don't know the first thing about him, but give, I'll talk about Blake Mitchell and I'll talk about hero all day long. Hey, and speaking of talking about some of the, uh, some of the draft guys from after, you know, outside of Blake Mitchell, um, one of the guys that kind of raised some eyebrows was the round 11 pick Jared Dickey out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know what, we, we talked about don't go by the rankings, but according to the rankings, he was a, a fringe top 100 guy that they got at 319th overall. Um, there's some signability concerns, and thankfully those concerns aren't applying to the Royals because according to Rocky Top Insider, he is going to forego his remaining college eligibility and sign with the Kansas City Royals. So I imagine... They got a he got a pretty dang good bonus from all that money that they saved earlier on in the draft, and I ain't complained about that one bit, my man. Did Did you see the uh, the image that went with his announcement that he intended to no. sign with the Royals? No, I did not. He signed it with his nicknames. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I did. I did see that. So Double He listed like all of his nicknames. Like there I mean, wasn't. There's no way Dayton, I mean, people say this draft is too like Dayton Moore. There's no way Dayton Moore drafts a guy called Double D Dickey, right? No way. That doesn't happen. No, no way. Not not at all. Like that's that's a red flag immediately <laughs> in there in the pre-draft evaluation. It just it just doesn't happen. And end of scouting on that player. But yes, yeah, so that was that was some good news following the draft for the uh, the Kansas City Royals. Real fast, we do have to touch on the major league transaction that happened today. Mike Myers has been traded away to Ooh. the Chicago Ooh. White Sox for. Can you guess the return? Uh, it's not Dylan Cease. Cash considerations. It is cash considerations, buddy. Cash considerations. Money in the bank, baby. Yep, exactly. Cash exactly. considerations is what's paying Double D Dickey's salary. God, you're gonna have too much fun if if he, <laughs> if he becomes if he becomes like a major 
prospect at all. I think you'll start watching him before he hits yeah, double A. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I mean, you know, you saw what we all did with Richard Lovelady. I mean, double D oh, Dickey. Yeah. It's just, just. I mean, that's ten times worse. Yes. Conservatively, that or better, is. depending on your perspective. <laughs> Um, a few other transaction things that we do have to touch on. There was a, a bevy of promotions in the Royals minor league system. Um, and I think fans will want to keep track of these. So Ben Kuderna, the high profile starting pitcher prospect. Kuderna, yep. Wow. That is I a, just the, assumed it was Kuderna, you know, like Favre. The R oh, comes yeah. after the V, but it's pronounced. So I was just like, Kuderna, that makes more. That makes sense. Kuderna. 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 Yep, Kuderna. That's wow. All I, right, I, that is that's not going to catch on like Double D Dicky. No, no, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. It uh, maybe after a few beers, you just go Kuderna. <laughs> it's all, it's, uh, it's K. K's it's to the K. K to the bound. Go K. <laughs> but he's been promoted from the Columbia Fireflies to wait, the wait, wait, Quad wait. Cities. BK, have it your way. Have it your way. Okay. Go on. All right. You know what? I I like that. I like that. That's put it on a t-shirt, Jeremy. Start making some money around here. But no, so he was he was promoted to Quad Cities. Um doing doing pretty good after a fairly rough start to the 2023 season. Right now he has in 13 starts a 3.56 ERA and 70 strikeouts and 68 point or in 68 in the third innings pitch. That is pretty good for a starter, if you ask me. And I'll then, take it. And then from Quad Cities, Anderson Paulino, I think is how you say his last name, was promoted to Northwest Arkansas. He is a reliever in 27 outings. He has a 3.97 ERA, 34 innings pitched, 35 strikeouts, and only one home run allowed all year. That is uh, That's pretty good. And then there was a lot of people excited for the last one, which was Steven Cruz being promoted to the Omaha Storm Chasers. And if you recognize that name but don't know where you know it from, he was the Mission Fireballer. Impossible. Yes. I, I mean, f- Fireballer, Mission Impossible. I think that's... Uh, oh, that's Tom Cruise. Yes, that's... that's not or is Steven. it Nicolas Cage? I forget. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything is Nicholas Cage. It could be, though. It could be. You know what? Anything is possible with AI now, right? <laughs> Just <Ooh. laughs> on that note, um, let's get back to baseball. Um, so it is, let's see. So Stephen Cruz, 29 relief outings. He was the big arm that the Royals acquired. In um in the Michael A. Taylor trade from the Minnesota oh, Twins, yes, the big arm, yes, very very big arm, and he is uh, he's put into good use so far in Double A. Twenty nine outings, two point two ERA, thirty two innings pitched, forty two strikeouts, and no earned runs in the last sixteen and two thirds innings. Like that you know is what, that, what? You know what that sounds like to me. What what sounds like he is not to Gus. He he is not to Gus. Not just to Gus. He is. That's he what is I meant maybe, to say. He is maybe the Gus. He, he might be the Gus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. And on that note, we have had enough bad jokes from Jeremy. We will uh, we'll get down to brass tacks on the other side of this ad break. 
thankfully there's not a there's not a whole lot of on-field stuff to talk about right now because we're still on the all-star break uh, by the time y'all are listening to this the baseball will be back on friday don't you worry i'm gonna put you on the spot oh ready boy. oh boy did you watch the all-star game no all, I, I saw a headline, and I, I haven't gotten to read the article yet, but the uh, the All-Star game had the lowest viewership, set, set a new record for lowest viewership, uh, breaking last year's uh, record. <laughs> the The All-Star game is, is not doing good. So I, I didn't not. watch it either. I The last time I watched any All-Star festivities, I think, was with Mike Moustakis. No, I watched Salvi in the Home Run Derby last year. Oh, there you go. So there you go. That, uh, but I don't know what baseball needs to do you know i i think this is actually a problem in all the sports i i know that the pro bowl is also suffering from viewership issues and they keep trying to change everything up to try and figure out how to fix that so just to i'm really putting you on the spot now (laughs) what would you do can you think of anything you would try to fix the all-star viewership or would you just skip it altogether or what, what are your thoughts there so that is that's honestly that's a really good point Jeremy and I do I do want to point out the things that MLB is doing that could alleviate that the the home run derby is a super popular event and and rightfully so um I I imagine if you look at the numbers that might have been the most watched event from the All-Star week if if you asked me I think that Man, that's it, it's such a good question because I don't know what what else they can do because they have to. I I don't know if it's a rule, an explicit rule that they have to use every single player on the. And they don't use every single player. I, I didn't think so. And there's always at least one reliever who doesn't get to pitch because what if? Well, I guess they don't have extra innings anymore. Right. So so ed, I, extra I innings are gone. The right. the pay, the pace is up. I think maybe if you one thing you could do is you could ditch the some of the traditional rules of baseball and you okay. could say like, OK, you can have a two out reliever or you can. I'm trying to think like maybe some of the substitutions don't have to go the way that they go in a normal regular season game. Um, you could. I've- Go ahead. I've heard some people suggest, like, instead of having an all-star game, having a skills competition because yeah. baseball is more than just home runs. It is. So that that makes it kind of sense to me. Do you think that would actually be any more interesting? So I don't I don't know how they could do the skills competition without a like without a good chance of injury. Like because what mm-hmm. what are the skills that, that we're thinking of in a skills competition? I would think like fat like pitching, like a fastball, right? Sure. So if foot if race, get, yeah, a, a foot race. Um, One thing that keeps popping into my mind is like putting targets in the outfield. You know what? That, and asking that people to try and aim for those. I I think that would be a really fun one. I mean, you know, I've I've professed my love. Games. That's true. I profess my love for Jeff Francoeur on this podcast before. And if if you just had all the all star outfielders in right field and they have to hit a target over at third base, I think that would be fun. Okay, think, yeah, I, that could be fun. I was thinking like hitting the target, like swinging oh, the bat, like hitting a ball and hitting the target. Oh, but that's okay. actually, I like that idea too. But all of that, 
what what it really boils down to is because the thing that people don't like about the Pro Bowl is it it's become like a a glorified touch football game, right? Because nobody and, wants to get hurt, right? And nobody wants to get hurt during the All Star game either. Though unfortunately, we did have a couple injuries this year. Yes, that that we did, and. All I all I can see is if you line up pitchers to say who can throw the fastest fastball, you're gonna someone's gonna come out with a shoulder or an elbow injury, mm-hmm. and it's gonna you know just affect things down the line. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to just skipping the the traditional All Star game altogether because there are good moments in All Star games. I can't think of a like a standout good All Star game from first inning the last inning there's great moments there's there's uh, there's two issues at play here i think and one is that fans aren't interested because it's an exhibition game and also what it used to provide uh is is that you would see the nl stars or the al stars if you were an nl fan i was thinking al because royals fans oh, but that's you would true. see stars from the other league that you never ever saw and then they did interleague play and now they've got balanced play where you see every team every year and yep. tv has has changed this and streaming has changed this as well so there's no in, there's not oh man i've never seen pete rose play well sure you have yeah. you're fine Exactly. Um, you know, or or whoever. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy, and I'm completely blanking on every name of every current baseball. I've never seen Bobby Wood Jr. play, uh, <laughs> so now I get to see him. Cool, exciting. But you have, and so and the other issue is that players, I think, are more conscious than ever of the cost to themselves of becoming injured, and so they're probably. I know this is what this is true in football, and I expect it's true in baseball. They're probably yeah. not trying as hard as they could, um, because you know, like, who cares if I win this game? If I hurt myself, that could hurt my career earnings. That could hurt right. my or or more charitably for those of you who don't think players should want to make money, uh, it could hurt my team's chances of winning after the All Star break. True. Um, so. I think you've got a couple big issues with those things. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think that might be the best move is to just kind of, kind of walk away from the all-star game. And what you could replace it with is, is actually do the draft when teams aren't playing, Mm -hmm. actually do the prospects game when teams aren't playing so that people can actually see those things. Because right now, those are played. Those happen when games are being played. The first right. rounds of the draft and the prospects game, the futures game, happen when other games that have that have meaning for the statistics and for the wins and losses happen. And that's just insane to me. I know, I know, it, it is. And I I put up my full thoughts on like how to fix the futures game over on Kings of Kaufman, um, because yeah, there's a lot of issues there too. And I don't those. You know what the Futures game has always been an afterthought. So getting back to the all-star game here, I think one bringing back the, where they brought their own, where they wear their own Jersey. Because yes, that's, that's a 100% requirement. And I, you know what? I see everyone, one, everyone recognizes that it's just a money grab by major league baseball to sell a different Jersey, yep. to sell some different merch, things like that. And you know what? Fine. It's a business. They could do what they need to do, but seeing your, like team's best player lined up with everyone else and you see your colors there's a little bit of fan pride there if you will it might not even be quantifiable. Mark yeah even, even <laughs> then golly i i saw some of those uh 
our our friend over at Locked On Royals, he put together a little montage of some of the All Star introductions, and I was like, <laughs> I have never heard of this person. Who is this? <laughs> and it was uh, it was very eye opening. I guess is the word for it. Yeah. And then lastly, make it freaking accessible. You know, I'm I'm over here and I can. So I I pay for MLB TV. That's how I watch the Royals every year. Right, me too. And then so I go to try and watch the Futures game, which I can't because it's exclusively streaming on Peacock, which is annoying. So it's like, oh, okay, so like, okay, fine, whatever. It is what it is. And then I load up the TV last night. I was like, I'm going to put it on for some background noise. And it's streaming exclusively on Fox. And it's just like, I don't I don't even care if it's just a, a radio broadcast or something like that. It shouldn't be so hard to watch yeah. an exhibition game, in, in my opinion. Um, well, that gets into the fracturing of streaming, which is a yeah. huge, huge deal that I could rant on for hours <laughs> and no one wants to listen to that. So I will refrain this time. I, I do appreciate that, Jeremy. But if you guys want to go, if you guys and gals, excuse me, want to go see some more of Jeremy's rants, you can go follow him on Twitter at Hakaius. That is H-O-K-I-U-S. You can also find some of his rants even about Secret Invasion on <laughs> RoyalsReview.com. Which, Jeremy, I don't know what the, like, what was the reception to that, uh, to that article? Because it kind of came out uh, of nowhere. Mostly crickets. Yeah. <laughs> i don't oh. think people okay so my my non-baseball stuff doesn't often get a ton of comments or mm-hmm. reaction i don't i don't pay too much attention to the views because they don't pay me to pay attention to the views um but the, the i the comments i do pay attention to because i try to respond to people as much as i can yeah and and uh, the non-baseball stuff usually doesn't get a lot of commenting on it. Yeah. And I, I think that not a lot of people are watching Secret Invasion anyway. I honestly, I have to admit, I forgot it was airing. Um, I didn't know when it was coming out. I only found out because a YouTuber that I follow uh, posted her review. Uh, you know, the, when the premiere came out, I'm like, oh, hey, I guess I should go watch that. <laughs> Yikes. That is a, That is not a good look, especially for a you know, a Marvel TV show, much less yeah, they're, they're TV show. really struggling right now. They've had, yeah. they had a few good ones, but they have had some real duds. And, and this, I haven't watched the fourth episode cause it comes out at midnight, but then I'm in bed. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I'll watch it tonight. And it's just, it's not been good. It's not good by MCU standards. It's not good by spy thriller standards. It's not good by uh, crazy liberal standards or whatever you want to call me this week. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of a, it's a disappointment on many levels. And I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm hoping Loki season two, which I think is the only other show that MCU is putting out this year on Disney plus. I think so. Will be better. Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, everyone's kind of looking past secret invasion to Ahsoka and rightfully so, in my opinion, that trailer dropped this yeah. week and I got chills and I'm ready for that show to come. I, you know, I've not been. I, I've not been on the Star Wars bandwagon mm-hmm. since season two of The Mandalorian. I was I was pretty disappointed in how that kind of became the sequel series to an animated series that I'd never watched. <laughs> yeah, um, it was fair. like stealth stealth sequel, and I'm like I but I I wanted more of the first season, 
anyway <laughs> but the, i watched the, Ahso- the ahsoka trailer i always want to be like oh ahsoka uh which is just, no don't do that um i watched that trailer today and i i you know i have to admit i've always been a big thrawn fan and the it looks interesting it looks like it might have some good action i know i need to go back and watch andor too so don't don't at me i mean do at me because i'm bored and lonely but uh (laughs) don't at me too hard uh so yeah i i'm not saying i won't watch it i might watch that one i haven't decided yet i'm more likely to watch it now after having seen the trailer than i ever was before there you go and that's what a trailer is supposed to do hey i'm gonna do a a quick left turn here do you know who curtis seabolt is yeah he's a radio host and radio guy casey sports radio guy on a10 so four hours ago he posted on twitter a poll asking did you watch the all-star game last night and currently, no has sixty eight percent. Yes has thirty two percent. That that sounds sounds about right, doesn't it? And there was even less reason for Royals fans to watch it because, yeah. I mean, was Salvi that. wasn't likely to play. And you know, what? and this I, is this is where we were back in the mid aughts when even when they had players, you know, you always <laughs> have you got to have one player who's selected. One player, the guy didn't get in. You know what? I was the, we were all there cheering for Brent Rooker though, weren't weren't we? <laughs> uh it. it Sure. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Definitely. Look, man, we no, are definitely uh, doing that. We are falling off the rails here. We better. Uh, we better get out while the getting's good, shall we? <laughs> I can't even see the rails from here. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm just. Uh, I'm imagining rails again. I should probably talk to my therapist about that. <laughs> That's a. Uh, it's a good thing I have therapy tomorrow. <laughs> All right, everyone out there. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to continue the conversation, you can. We do have polls and question and answers available on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can go check those out and respond. You can also find us on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. Always love hearing from fans over there. And we just try to I had I'm going to say it, Jeremy, we just try to lift up the other Royals content creators around here. We're not. There are so many for such an awful team. There are so many people who are so good at their jobs, who are so passionate, who are just good writers and good people who talk about this team everywhere, all over the place. It's amazing. It's astonishing. It is. And you know what? I'm we are very lucky to have that. Because I, we are. I I see it in other fan bases. They they don't have that. And I, and I got to tell you, it. just as a Royals Review writer, our community at Royals Review is tremendous. And that is not a guarantee on the SB Nation network of baseball sites at yeah. all. You go look at some of these other uh, some of these other places. They don't have articles coming out every day. They don't have fans commenting every day. So we are we are very fortunate as Royals fans for that sure, we are. And, and, uh, in a multitude of ways. That we are. That we are. And if you want to join that community, you can join it at RoyalsReview.com or on Twitter and on Facebook at the knot.com. Is that is that how I was saying it, Jeremy? Is that the I, way to put it? Uh, I I'm again I've lost the thread <laughs> of the plot here. Fair enough. Well, hey, I'll, I, I do got to tease this, Jeremy. We do have some uh, some things in the pipeline that will be growing Ooh. in the Royals community, so please do stay tuned for that. And Jeremy, I think you will be uh, very familiar with the platform we will be using for that. So oh. I think that will be quite tantalizing. But I am tantalized. You are, you are, you are is, is that the word? Yeah, it is tantalized. Because you, you, I've only heard it as tantalizing. I've never heard, oh, yeah the the facts the facts were tantalized 
I, I'm I'm tarantulas. <laughs> I am tarantulas, and we're doing the podcast. All right, everyone out there, we we need to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for your support. And until next time, go Royals.